Good evening, or good day, or good afternoon, wherever you're listening to this, the Nick and Nolan podcast, formerly known as, as a matter of fact, I'm one of your hosts, Nolan Matter. And I'm Nick Lopez, your other host. Thanks for joining us. doing this week nick oh i'm doing all right i am ready to be back in the podcast mindset and talk about our our next exciting topic and communicate the shit out of it (laughs) well that's pretty that's pretty awesome and i know it's so interesting that we can sit here and communicate not only to each other but to a vast audience who is listening right now so thanks for listening one thing we wanted to jump into, because we're just going to go right into it. I feel like this podcast could go for hours if we don't get started pretty quick, because the topic that we're discussing today is, I feel like it hasn't been around for a long time, but it seems to be the dominant form of what I see as communication within our generation, which if you're wondering what our generation is, maybe if you follow us on Facebook, we'll start giving clues, but hint, we're millennials. But yeah, history of communication. Do you want to do a quick rundown um, for the people listening? Because I was a history minor, and I have some understanding of history, but we should give them a quick 30-second rundown of how communication formed okay. from, from the start of the world. So, from the start of the world? Yeah. So why don't we do that? Creation of the world, boom. How okay. do humans, let's say humans come on the scene, how do they first communicate with each other? What's the first thing you can think of that you know from history? Well... I'll just go back to this website that I found called History World. Oh. And let's see here. So. Does it show pictures of a banana phone? That's what I would assume would be one of the first. That that was pretty close, but no. I think a little bit more accurate would be a stone tablet. Okay. No, actually. <laughs> Hieroglyphics. So, We're getting so there. So this... This uh, website just breaks down uh, like the history of communication in a few categories or a time. It gives us a timeline, so I'll just go through the timeline. Sweet, and I won't really read the details too much, but I'll just give you a, the Quick gist synopsis, of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll communicate the heck out of it. Boom. Okay, so we start with the sixth century BC, and this. Uh, Website says that the sending of written messages a standard feature of government in early civilizations. So you know that we had language well, you know, before anything was written down. Yes. But this uh, sending of written messages was pretty standard even in the 6th century BC. And we can, you know, look up details. uh, You can look up details also of, like books and things that were written well into the past but we'll just move on for the sake of time communication and time we have thousands of years to cover right yes and then and then so we we enter into the uh 522 to 486 bc and they call this the imperial communication and it says Darius extends the network of roads across the Persian Empire to enable both troops and information to move with startling speeds. So you have probably messengers going back and forth, I would assume. Yes. It says, by this method, a message can travel the full distance of the road in 10 days at a speed of about 200 miles a day. That's pretty impressive. And so obviously this would have been written communication. Yes. uh, To one group to another one lord and lady to another lord and lady perhaps and then so mostly this it looks like it's going through the history of communication in the sense of speed and how we speed things up ah. and that's pretty oh, good I like that it's pretty pretty on point of where we're going to get to so uh, we move to the second to 11th century and then it says until recent centuries which we're talking about, you know, the last few hundred years, 
The only way to increase the speed of communication has been to improve the speed of the messenger. This depends on good roads, like we talked about, faster riders, as well as provisioned staging posts at which, at which, which fresh men and horses are always available. You could probably think of this as a uh, one of those races where you pass off. You've seen in the Olympics where they're all running the race for the 400 meter or whatever it is, and they're passing it off to the next person, and then mm-hmm. the next person's going. That's kind of how I'm viewing this. Yeah, and it's also kind of like uh, the first post office, in a sense. You're right. Stopping at other posts to give the message. And... So networks of roads were very important for, for communicating messages, and that was common between the 2nd and the 11th centuries. And then we get to the pigeon post. Yes. So from the 11th century on... We had domesticated pigeons sending messages, which I'm sure you've heard of pigeon uh, messenger pigeons, yeah, messenger pigeon, pigeon carriers. Yeah. Um, and so they actually were developed first in ancient Egypt and around the 11, oh, after the 11th century, they started sending messages or delivering messages for the people who wanted to send them. And... Moving on to page two of historyworld.net. There you go. We're already there. We are at the age of printing. So we've got the Gutenberg and Western printing from 1439 to 1457. And Gutenberg was the first printing press. And it started in 1439. It says the name of Gutenberg first appeared in connection with printing in a law case in Strasbourg in 1439 he is being sued by two of his business partners witnesses asked about Gutenberg's stock describes a press and a supply of metal type it sounds as though he is already capable of printing small items of text from movable type and it seems like that he may have done so in Strasbourg but nothing from this period survives so I guess the idea with the Gutenberg is this printing press allows the manuscripts to be mass produced. So mm-hmm. now you can communicate with a vast swab, a simple message, or a more complex message with a greater amount of people instead of writing things all down by hand or having scribes. Or This is a, a more vast yeah. expanse of yeah. how you can communicate with people. Yeah. And so uh, if you've noticed a the theme, we're talking mostly about written messages and this is how people have communicated even to this day. And we'll get into what, you Using know, Gutenberg's printing press. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of written messages we use right. to communicate these days. However, obviously, verbal communication has been around, you know, since the beginning of time, since the beginning of human time. And so moving from the Gutenberg press, which was the first printing press that you're probably familiar, printed Bibles. And. Um, among other things so yeah i think let's see here it says the first dated book because some of the books before were not dated but the first dated book from these presses looks like there are six gutenberg printing presses uh, at least at this time was in 1457 and that's i mean think about that that's like 700 years ago wow i mean (laughs) And they still print books today. Unbelievable. Actually, it's believable because I like hardcover books. Not hardcover. I guess you do. I like you're, you're a book tangible, aficionado. Yes. I love the tangible aspect of books. Using a Kindle. I have a Kindle I got for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't use it that often. It's more for pleasure. But if you really want to get into a book, having that physical copy in your hand, I think, is pretty important and powerful in my opinion. Yeah, Definitely. Moving on, what do we got? Um, so, so we'll just go real quick here. So it says the spread of printing from 1457 to 1500, uh, an invention as useful as printing in a Europe, in a Europe of increasing. Pro- this is a weird. Sorry, it's a weirdly written sentence. So it says an invention as useful as printing in a Europe of increasing prosperity, readily finds new customers. The first Italian press is founded in 1464. And so it looks like from this this uh, period on, you start getting printing presses, which started printing books and other reading materials. And then you've got mass communication from 1457 to 1525, meaning that books were starting to be printed rapidly. 
and then you have pamphlets and single sheets and one sheets and you know a lot of different things that were printed and then first with the news from 1609 to 1690 is the first age of the pamphlet which came the newspaper oh yeah and then it goes on to you know some history of that but if you want to look this up go to historyworld.net and you can find some history on communication uh human communication and then we'll go to 1633 to 1639 uh, still talking about uh printing and this looks like it's about the age of uh reliability of the mail and so you have the post office becoming official in uh, moscow and persia and um Europe and France, and then we go to 17th to 18th century, so we're getting a little closer. Uh, so this is talking about the invention of the telescope in 17th century makes possible a wide range of optical signaling systems. The earliest to be developed is that of flags at sea. A okay. telescope? How does that help us communicate? Well, so it's talking about when you're at sea, they they created flags that had different meanings and you could see them from a distance with a telescope Mm, so it's not just using words now we're getting into some imagery here yes we are and then so that moves on and this is a pretty extensive history uh section there for that communication and then we have the mail coach from 1784 to 1797 and just more about printing and uh, delivery methods and then we go to the Reporters War from 1854 to 1856. Oh, but before that, I don't know if it says in there, but the invention of the telegraph happened in the mid-1800s. In 1840s is when the telegraph was invented in Morse code. Yeah, it skips over that. That's such an important invention, I think. That's me doing Morse code if you guys can't see. Very good. Okay, well... Moving into... That was it. That was it. The history is as yet incomplete. So, (laughs) we didn't really vet this website out. However, there's a lot of great information about just some of the earlier history of messages. And it looks like the importance of the message was really on the delivery method. Right. And so, getting your message, especially in cultures in the past that relied heavily on their military and you know occupancy of their locations they wanted to get their messages communicated in during war times and just in general to neighboring uh, kingdoms and other places and, and as you can see the methods kept advancing and yeah like i said the telegraph was an invention in the 1840s along with morse code which also helped uh, messages get across quicker to people especially when during wartime as we're discussing and talking about and then i guess if you want to jump into today mm-hmm. the invention of the internet is a huge way obviously that we can communicate and this is well, how we're communicating well to the people let's let's just uh you know from our from our own knowledge just go from the beginning of the 19th century and where we left off with the telegraph so we we know the invention of the telegraph and morse code allowed for uh both like secret messages and just like regular quick messages to be sent along across long distances but then we have inventions like the radio oh very correct and so the radio was a form of communication that a lot of people in the early 20th century were skeptical of and they were afraid of you know to to an extent because it's not what they were used to they were used to reading books and communicating in person and getting letters through the mail and then you have radio communicating messages and news and all these other things. And then we go from the radio to television. Television now is still a form of communication that we get most of our news from. And throughout all of this era, you had the newspaper, which was in conjunction with radio and television to communicate news, sports, messages, you know, politics, all that kind of stuff. And then when did Al Gore create the internet is what I want to know. Well, Al Gore didn't create the internet despite what some memes may say. <laughs> However, I believe we just celebrated the birth of the internet 
uh, we did a couple weeks ago. Thirty year. Yeah, it was thirty years old, so that would have been nineteen eighty nine. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, the obvious progression that we know of is from radio, newspaper, television to the internet. You're saying you didn't use carrier pigeons to talk with your friends when you were younger? No, I never got into it. It was more of a maybe a humane issue these days. No, it was, it was more of like the rich kids did that. <laughs> Uh, I had the cans on strings. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> those work surprisingly. Go check yes. those out, guys. Yeah. If you go if you go out. to the game section at most targets, or at least the one I know of, they have a pipe that has two like large openings on each end, kinda like horns, and you oh, can yeah. talk into it and you can hear on the other end. They have that at playgrounds too. But who goes to playgrounds anymore? You know, no. that are outside. The inter- the internet is our playground. It is. Um, so I yeah, guess so. we're diving into the conversation of how our generation communicates today. Well, and we've we're, talked about yeah. social media before. Right. We've talked about Facebook being a big communicator. I use Instagram to communicate mm-hmm. a lot. I know my, a lot of my friends use Snapchat or Twitter. Uh, Twitter's a big one. But still, you have a lot of people communicating on, on Facebook in a sense. And one of yeah. the biggest things that I've seen why I wanted to get into this conversation is you can't get away from it. No matter how hard you try, they're everywhere. We're talking about memes, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, what do you meme? Well, what I mean is, what is a meme? If you really think about it, it's defined as a humorous image, video, piece of text, etc. that is copied, often with slight variations, and spread rapidly by internet users. And that definition is courtesy of the game, What Do You Meme?, which would be a great shout out to a sponsor if we had them as a sponsor. But <laughs> let's just say they're getting a free one this time. So you want to dive into some of these memes? What are your thoughts uh, in general, right, when you think of memes and how, how we use them? And then we can we can try to we can do yeah. a fun little game well, explaining memes. I, I thought this was funny. I found a, a website that kind of talks about the history of memes. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just go over some of the fun anecdotal things I looked in at it. that i looked at something like that recently because i was interested and it's it's it seemed pretty strange with well, where it starts so, so don't go back too far so i don't know if that that's the same one however i'll, I'll go into what this talks about because it asks the question what are memes and uh it says what are memes for dummies i'm looking at up right now no that's not it um so the the author of this this uh this article about memes he asked the question uh it's what are memes it's incredibly difficult to describe what a meme is so i this person reached out to the creative division of you know their organization where he works and he asked he asked for them to help him make sense of them so one of his colleagues is quoted as saying memes are millennials way of hiding true and terrifying insecurities about how little they control in their lives. <laughs> and then another person, like yeah. just ruined memes for half That's <laughs> so funny, though. <laughs> and he said, like, oh. He did. Uh, another person said, instead of giving me a definition of a meme, they sent me a meme. <laughs> where Classic. it was a meme of SpongeBob. Meme, the ability to take a serious moment and turn it into something hilarious. And then a last, the last... Uh, the last one I'll share is the meme is their small videos of joy that enter my emails or text messages when I least expect it, especially when I thought my story was on point. Yeah, that's good. But I mean, that that kind of goes back to what we've talked about in the past about communication and also miscommunication and like misunderstanding where social media leaves a lot of room for things to get lost in translation. So I've done that before where I've posted something on, you know, Facebook and I thought it I thought it was really uh introspective and and witty and and spot on. I thought I did my research. Somebody will post a meme just completely destroying it. And I'm like, "Thanks a lot, Pete." <laughs> yeah, it's just on the note of memes. If you just type in memes into the internet, it's amazing to me how many search results you get in less than 0.3 seconds. It gives you no joke three trillion five hundred billion results. Oh wow! Memes. And now I don't know the depth of history of how long memes have been around, 
Um, they have only been catching fire, I guess, for I would say less than the last ten years. Well, to, just to stop you real quick, that that same website actually has a history of meme, and it says meme started in 1976. Right, I saw that too. The history of, and then it goes through. But I mean, memes as now the way we communicate, yeah, 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 I yeah. think has changed over well, time because and we have the ability to share them right socially. so readily. Right. Yeah, one does not simply, you know. Just not send a meme. <laughs> the double negative. Um, do you want to go through just some memes yeah. real quick? Sure. And you could share maybe your favorite or, or what kind of memes okay. interest you. That one, if you don't get that, one does not simply walk into mortar. That's a Lord of the Rings meme with, I think it's Boromir. Yeah. And I'm not sure the the actor's name, but he also is in Sean Penn. No, it's, is it? It's Sean. Sean Bean. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sean Bean. Yeah. If I'm pronouncing that right. I'm really bad at pronouncing last names. One so. does not simply walk into Mordor. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of people take that and take the first sentence and just apply it to something that obviously would make sense. Right. They change the text. One of my, I guess, favorite. I, I struggle to say favorite memes because I see memes all the time. And I'm not somebody who is avidly promoting memes. I had a friend who was all about it, always mm-hmm. texting back and forth in meme language. And yeah, it's funny, but <laughs> it was also kind of annoying because I'm trying to have, you know, I use different forms of communication like we're talking about for different different reasons. But yeah. the, the cash me outside, how about that? That's a big, that's a big popular meme. You guys probably all know of the Kermit meme. Um, there's two different ones. There's one where he's sipping the tea. And then there's the one where he's talking to himself. And mm-hmm. this one says, me. She's accusing me of something I actually did. Me to me. Look her in the eyes and say, wow. So that's a pretty good one. The There's a crazy one. Well, maybe you should share one. Go for it. Um, well, some of the memes that I like are the ones that have puns in them. So not to be insensitive, but uh, I, I like a lot of the memes that use like mexican puns <laughs> so you've got like memes about juan uh, or tacos or nachos and they have pictures of like a mexican guy in a sombrero <laughs> and he's like juan does not simply just walk into a room and not eat the tacos or you know or what what are you tacoing about yeah not you know it's just like stupid dad joke puns but <laughs> i think they're fun i i've definitely shared sh- shared those in the past um to be honest i feel like i'm uh, i'm at the later end of the millennial generation so i've been with the internet longer in my adult years and memes never really caught on with me as a form of communication so i'm gonna lean heavily on your meme experience my memes yeah well uh, I'll give you two interesting examples of what's going on currently in our generation. Um, just for context, I'm going to tell everybody the date. Not something we normally share because we want our podcasts to be timeless. How about but the month and the year? We're in the middle of April 2019. There you go. And as of this past week, there's been two memes that have been trending heavily. And I think they speak to a deep, I'm going to say, issue Problem. in our society. <laughs> And one of them is a chimney meme. This is literally a brick chimney um, on a roof. And it started out, when I saw this, as there was nothing but a brick chimney on a roof. And people started adding things to it. And so this meme ended up being created. And I feel like it's very... It's, it's come full circle. Here's what it says. The first one is just a blank chimney on a roof. Brick chimney. It says, understanding why people are posting chimney memes. The second picture is of a chimney with fire. And it's a it's a bigger chimney. Not understanding the meme, but still upvoting it. Mm-hmm. And the third one is like a million, like huge chimneys all put together to make an insane chimney. And it says, not understanding the, the meme posts chimney memes to confuse the mods. So it's continuing this cycle of, we don't understand why we're posting it, but we're just going to continue to share this meme for no reason in particular, it seems like. And secondly... I feel like memes are now crowding into actual what could be constructive conversation. Yeah. And this kind of frustrates me. Yeah. And we had an achievement 
and I don't know where some people fall in this. And if you're listening to this and you're in a later generation, I think you're going to think this is lame. When I first looked at it, I thought, oh, that's interesting. But a lot of people are, are saying this is a great achievement in our society. We have a picture of a black hole. Yeah. And if you just understand like where we've been, how science has basically predicted this with Albert Einstein 100 years ago, like a very long time ago. And it hasn't come to fruition until we can actually see it. And the way that if you look at the history of how they – the method of getting this picture, it's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And so they have this picture of a black hole. But if you're thinking that doesn't look like much, don't worry. People made it into a meme. Yeah. <laughs> and they have one that shows the black hole image, which looks like a little sun with like black in the middle. And that says 400. Then it zooms out to 300. Then there's still a little sun a little further away. Then it zooms out – to 200 there's two suns now looking like eyes and it goes to to 100 and there's a cat it's literally a cat (laughs) now with two (coughs) eyes and so they made a joke out of something that some people were saying this is a serious big well and and it's kind of not fair to the the scientist who like worked um, so hard the, the one the the woman who wrote the computer code that was able to take the photo was she she was really proud and uh she you know should be given accolades and oh, yeah definitely commended for this commended for you know this accomplishment and her discovery was made into a meme and so it's kind of like well i'm not going to win the nobel prize for that <laughs> and so i think this is this is the dark side of memes where they once were funny now in my opinion they're becoming a little bit anti-productive when it comes to communication and where we see this most is in political communication when we try to communicate our thoughts in politics and where it used to be before the days of facebook you know you could have a conversation with somebody in person about politics you might disagree you might be able to agree and then you could walk away and that would be that but now it seems like there's a battle that goes on where who can make the funnier more politically incorrect or whatever it happens to be meme and they share that around and then it gets likes and dislikes and you lose all semblance of i feel like reality in a sense because you've now lost track of what the conversation should be about yeah and you're into meme territory yeah i think the funniest political meme post that i've seen is the picture of the actual fence post that has a political sign on it and it's just the, you know, the, uh, the caption is, this is a political post and that's it. <laughs> or the ones that are opposite where it's just a blank post, like a fence post. And it says, this is not a political post. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think we just, <laughs> that's my humor. That's, that's pretty funny. humor. <laughs> I think if we could go back to. I mean, memes are supposed to be lighthearted, in my opinion. They're supposed to be something that, oh, this is just fun. You're posting a picture. You're making somebody laugh. We all need to laugh, especially in today's society. I think it's important to to not take everything so seriously and to step back. Mm-hmm. But the way political memes have become attack ads, in a sense, is not helpful for constructive conversation. And my experience on Facebook, you know, if you go on Facebook and scroll through, um, it used to be back in the beginning days, I think I joined Facebook in you know, 2010, and you would type out your statuses. you type out how your day's going, what you're interested in, what you liked, what you didn't like, and it was all text. So you were reading these conversations, and you could comment on somebody and be like, oh, it's good to hear from you. This seems exciting. Let's go to the movies. Um, that was how you'd communicate with Facebook. But yeah. even Facebook over the last few years has changed so tremendously on how they're formatted and how now I see the majority, I'd say more than 50%, is memes and shares that people are doing. <laughs> Nobody's writing original yeah. content anymore. Everybody's, you know, you click on a meme that's been shared, you know, hundreds of thousands of times and it really loses. Like, why am I even looking through all this garbage from my friends and family when I'd rather just be interested in seeing what they're doing in their lives? I don't really care about this political meme that's been shared 400,000 times now. Um, yeah. And it's it's what I think is getting really dangerous. It's, it's becoming counterproductive because the memes are now being used to attack instead of actually bolster up a conversation. Not that memes could ever, I think, bolster up a conversation to some extent. And I apologize to 
everybody that that might offend but well yeah because <laughs> we, well, we we both have the friends and we probably all have that friend who only communicates socially with memes don't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah. Some advice to you say some other things so, besides just posting but i'll photos. share just quickly with you two political memes yeah and well, well before you do real yeah. quick i just want to say in, in regards to facebook i think it's ironic that literally when you go to post something on facebook they they give you like a um you know they give you a motivation in the create a post section where they actually say what's on your mind question mark so the fact that what's on most people's minds uh, is sharing memes you gotta ask the question are we getting dumber as a society <laughs> can't even follow the facebook recommendation of what to post yeah no i think that's i think that's very true what's on your mind oh this picture of a cat <laughs> i mean i don't even understand i'm looking at some people who post all they do is memes and I'm, I'm scrolling down to find one to give a good example to because i want to give an example of a meme on the right and a meme that somebody posts on the left just so i'm being politically politically fair in this instance and uh -huh. so i'm trying to look at one and I don't understand this meme, so I don't feel like I should be sharing it. But I'll share one real quick, and then we can kind of discuss. But you see this on both sides. I think particularly I see it coming from the right, sharing memes, blasting Democrats, you know, Republicans, thinking, oh, we control them. There's a big – I mean, our president is a pretty big troll when it comes to these kinds of things with the way he even communicates – but this is what the meme says. It shows two pictures of Nancy Pelosi. Hmm. It says Democrats in 2017. Republicans must accept Mueller's findings. And then it shows Democrats in 2019. We do not accept Mueller's findings. Um, I mean, I think that just simplifies the conversation to a point where how can you even have a conversation with somebody at this point where you're just posting? And I think that goes to the heart of why are people posting these things? It's more feel good kind of validation for them and their side, right? Mm -hmm. You're not posting memes in a sense to have constructive dialogue with the other side or with people. Because if you're doing that, and this is my other contention about Facebook, if you're doing that, you'd private message somebody to have a conversation. But it goes to the larger way of we communicate and we have these message boards where everybody gets on board on one side or the other and they have these big arguments and everything I think gets lost in translation mm -hmm. with helpful and constructive dialogue yeah. and it's just friend to friend i think you can send somebody a meme you can laugh about it you can if you want discuss it it's not what memes are doing <laughs> but yeah so there's there's one of the big issues i have with political memes well and they we, miss the point we can talk about one of the most popular memes that most of us have probably seen it's the change my mind meme yeah and people fill in the blank this guy sitting at the table like you know he's, he's in like you know public area maybe a school where he's got a table kind of like he wants people to come talk to him about you know something political or, or something and so people change this um you know uh, white poster on the front of his uh table that says change my mind and they put whatever they want and so i think that's telling of the like mindset that people are in when it comes to communicating online, like they, they, it's almost argumentative from the start. Like the goal of people sharing at least this meme or maybe sharing a lot of their posts is they want to argue their position on something and they want you to try and prove them wrong. And, and, you know, not that they're even willing to, you know, take the criticism or take the, you know, the, the alternate view. They just, you know, speaking generally, but they, you know, they want to say, well, I believe that this is true. Change my mind, you know, for, I mean, insert whatever topic you want to talk about. But I know that's a really popular meme. And I think it's telling of where everybody's mindset is um, online. Yeah, I think more to that meme, I, I appreciate what that's trying to do, because that comes from an idea of having constructive conversation with somebody mm -hmm. not trying to be bombastic in a sense or like in somebody's face but actually have like constructed dialogue and it was taken and created into a meme that's now used to troll people right uh like you see this this morpheus meme what if i told you 
I don't care about politics, and I just troll all sides. I think we got people like that who now just think it's funny to go around and stifle. You can click on, I guarantee, any article even on Facebook that's supposed to be a serious article written by the Washington Post or the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. You could see people posting in there memes yeah. <laughs> you know to comment to somebody or trying to make somebody upset or push somebody's buttons and i'd say it's gotten so childish at this point well, so how do we get away from that i think like, this whole idea of <clears throat> trolling has gotten out of hand and i i don't want to take sides either but i think the the media and the you know the more liberal mindsets the more liberal camp they take this idea when people disagree with them and they just start labeling everybody as a troll like so trolling and and i'm sure the right does it also but the trolling you know being a troll online is basically turned into anybody that doesn't agree with you is a troll you know their their opinion isn't valid and nobody listens to the points the other side is making because they're just labeled as a troll now and that that is really um, propagated by the media and the articles that are written and, you know, the quote unquote journalism that goes on these days. And it just doesn't contribute to this whole um, meme mentality generation. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. And yeah, it, it definitely I see it happening on both sides where. I don't think a lot of people can even defend the majority of of memes that they even post because once again, like from my experience, just looking at them, that's that's not why they post them. They post them yeah. to get likes yeah. Yeah. and the validation from their side. They're not posting these to have constructive dialogue. So, how can we have constructive dialogue in this meme heavy culture? That's a question for anybody in the room to answer. Uh, how? How? That's a big question, though. Like, I think to, to I think understand. I'll just give my take on this. Yeah, I think it's important to just understand what memes are mm -hmm. and understanding what their purpose is. And once you start taking memes more seriously, because again, memes are hilarious and they're going to make you laugh, and sometimes they're going to make you upset or they're going to make you cry. They're going to they're going to boil up these emotions because they have these images that you may or may not relate to mm -hmm. of Pepe the Frog sticking a fork in, you know, the plug. Wow, I can't even think of what it's called. The outlet. There you go. <laughs> and I think just understanding that memes shouldn't be um, taken as seriously as I think we try to take them, and we try to put too much clout on this image and this idea of this quick snippet, like ah. We're going to get the other side or mm -hmm. we're going to do this thing or we'll show them, you know, we'll show how foolish Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is with this meme. And I think that's just not helpful in trying to create constructive dialogue. And so understanding the purpose of memes, yeah, I ignore well, all the political posts that go on on my Facebook. I don't engage because it's not helpful, you know, in that sense yeah. of having good, healthy communication with someone. Sure. I, I think it's it's good that we recognize that and you know in 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 two people who are doing a podcast we obviously have a passion for communication more so than you know maybe just most general people but the generate I I would say that that's if if you want to call it an issue which I I could agree that you know the current state of communication like we talked about in the form of mean memes is an issue. And I don't know how we can get away from that other than I don't think you can really at, at least from my perspective, when it comes to the internet and social media, you can't go back. Like, I feel like once, once a trend has happened, you know, that people follow and, uh -huh. and adopt, it, it's hard to go back when it comes to social media. The only thing that would really, I think break, the meme cycle is to have something new replace it and i think with social media not really like there's no really sign of social media social media going anywhere anytime soon so i think this is always going to be an issue as long as people live on social media i think the only way to really get people away from a meme 
would be to get people away from social media and well yeah i think it's definitely healthy to take take breaks every now and then and go out into the real world it's beautiful outside yeah, go go have a game night with your friends where you play what the meme <laughs> it's what do you mean what oh sorry now we're definitely not going to get that money from yeah. them. what well there's uh, other you know i heard an interview games i heard an interview that and i'm probably butchering this uh this name so i apologize to the actress um academy award-winning actress lapita nyongu but she had a really interesting thing to say about getting away right and she went on a retreat where she Mm -hmm. gave up her phone for 10 days um and she didn't communicate in that way and i thought that was super interesting she said it was one of the most difficult things that she's ever done and i think we've become so attached to yeah technology and with social media and we talked about a couple episodes ago where the internet went down i mean facebook and instagram were having issues with you know people logging in was ending yeah and i think but it's important, I think, to take take healthy breaks from things, or to map out your time to go to go read, or you know, yeah, get on nature. Go if you're in a if you want to be have a conversation with people the way people have been having conversation and communication since the beginning of the world. Yeah, and face to face. There's also something to be said about writing a letter. Yeah. So because the post office is awesome, and 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 we as a generation or as a society, as a human race, we stamps.com. We can't, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Enter uh, another. another, (laughs) uh, We'll get there one day, Nick. I'm not having. I'm having a hard time communicating today because because I'm interrupting. My brain is (laughs) is not working from a long day of work, but I had a lot of thinking to do today. Uh, Just. Um, but what I was saying was that I think progress is always moving forward. And as a society, whether we, it seems like we're regressing just by the way that we communicate, everything around us is progressing tech technologically wise. And, you know, there's, there's things where we get to a point where things are becoming damaged, like the, you know, the environment and, maybe our mental ability to do things like write letters or, or, you know, remember things. And a lot of that is from social media. And I think it's our human nature, our brains, like ultimate reaction or, uh, just way of, of working. Uh, words are hard. Uh, I, I think that these yeah. memes instead yeah see even me and my brain is all mushy because of all these memes um but but no what i mean is uh our brains want to process the world around us and they want to do so in the most efficient way and that's just how our brains are wired we we want to be able to understand everything around us because it helps us feel more secure and and safe and it's kind of like a fight or flight reaction you know for our brains we we want to find the best way possible to communicate the message that we want to communicate and we've been given a lot of opportunities and a lot of options to communicate things really simply and really fast but i know nolan and i were talking earlier about is that healthy do we do we do ourselves a disservice by improving our speed of communication because like we talked about in the history kind of going back of of communication the focus was always on speed getting the message faster getting the message somewhere faster 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 well now we've condensed it so much that the message is just a picture with a sentence on it right and it's interesting because there's a commentary on some some article i was reading today how our news cycles have changed we used to have you know what a news cycle is basically where certain news would be breaking and then we discuss it for a certain amount of time until the next thing came along mm-hmm. and they keep getting shorter and shorter uh-huh. and now we seem to instead of having like a week-long news cycle it's like a 24-hour long news cycle into like an hour-long news cycle and it's just pretty incredible with how we filter through so much information where in one week you can miss out on what seems like a whole year's worth of information that's going on because these things are so, so quick. Yeah. I think another thing to consider when you're uh, looking at people's, uh, you know, sharing patterns online and just the, the kind of content that they share both on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter 
and you know whatever so whatever else that they use to communicate online you see them posting these memes and you see them posting you know pictures that communicate something because we all know that a picture is worth a thousand words and so at the same time those thousand words could be different for every person looking at it but you're representing yourself in a sense when you are sharing things online especially like we talked about political memes or you know memes about our opinions our emotions and and whatever like we're telling our friends that i'm agreeing with this meme and that may or may not be the desire that we want you know we we may share because we we think it's funny or whatever but if we don't add context to it the memes are just left open for interpretation and if they're just funny lighthearted memes that's fine it doesn't really matter but when you start communicating through memes your political agenda or you know your your opinions on something or even your truths well truth i would say truth like if you if you try to communicate truth through a meme it it's, it's people are going to be hard pressed to even believe it right off yeah cause you, you, because well, it's and, I, and i hesitated there because you can't share your truths because there's only one truth and yeah truth is objective so we you know we won't get into that rabbit hole and so if you hear people talking about their truths then they're just full of it basically <laughs> and that's my opinion but I, it's also true <laughs> but yeah i um I like I said earlier, I don't really follow the memes. I find some that I think are funny, and I think uh, maybe because I'm a little older, I still fall into that camp of I only look at memes because I think they're funny, and I only kind of register the ones in my mind that I think are funny, and I share those because they are funny. Or you know, sometimes I'll share a meme because it is a good way of communicating something really quickly because it's a picture combined with words. And, you know, you can get across a point really quick. And sometimes I do it just, you know, because I'm trolling. Because I, because, you know, because oh I enjoy. Gosh, you just admitted we have a troll on our podcast. I enjoy trolling sometimes. <laughs> just, just kind of to poke, you know. Make poke, it, make it lighthearted. fun, make yeah. it a little lighthearted. Okay. Because um, people are too serious. Yeah, so I, I don't. I would just, I would I, just go back to just understanding when you're thinking about posting meme, what is, what are you trying to convey? Are you actually trying to have a serious discussion? This probably isn't the best way to do that. And I think that's where we're going when we're talking about communication, the way we communicate, because I think a lot of the time, the biggest problem I see with our generation is we don't have enough serious conversations. And so that's why I think our generation is not always taken seriously. Um, We're posting a lot of memes. We're doing all this thing that seems you know, more lighthearted in a sense, who's going to take you seriously when you're when you're joking around all that time? Mm-hmm. So I think just knowing the medium that you're using and how it's being used is helpful in evaluating how you want to communicate effectively. So memes are a fun form of communication. Memes matter. For sure. <laughs> I know. As a matter of fact, they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't think they're the most effective way of communicating and no. I do not rely heavily on memes. I think maybe in text I send one to two memes a week. Well, again, not and so people are probably listening to this thinking, who made you guys the meme kings? You know, well, that'd be the internet. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. I'm the meme king because I don't send any memes, mm. and so I am the anti king of the memes. But. I do, uh, you know, um, while we wrap up, because, you know, we're getting towards the end of the podcast, but I I will transition into another similarity with memes, another similar uh, form of communication to a meme, which I use a lot, and I think a lot of people use a lot, and it's still at that more lighthearted, funny stage where you can respond with a a funny image, and that would be a GIF. Ah, yes. Or GIF, you know, however you want to say it. But it's kind of like a meme, but it's animated and it's short and it and it's in a loop. And you see a lot of funny memes slash gifs that that are combined. But like even 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 to the point of like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, you know, they've all added the ability to share gifs and even built in like Facebook. You have yeah, GIFs I built use just I use just more in text. I would say than memes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that's something to distinguish. We have to make sure that we distinguish the two because GIFs are not memes. Um, memes are not GIFs, but GIFs could be memes. There you go. So, and... A rectangle or a square is not a rectangle, but a rectangle is a square. And on that note... Or is it the opposite? It's a, <laughs> <laughs> a square is, is a rectangle. Yeah. A rectangle is not a square. Well... Well, I would, I would just say, yeah, let us know what you think. Send us your memes. Follow oh. us. Follow <laughs> us on our on our social media so you Which can share all your memes. Post, like yes. We keep saying that, but we yes. will. We will yeah. actually do that. We will connect with you. We will try to get this podcast out to the masses. You can make memes about our podcast. It'll be hilarious. We will not take them seriously. We'll take a photo of ourselves so you can meme us. No. <laughs> you will never see my face. No, but we 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 obviously aren't the experts or the kings on memes. Uh, this was a fun conversation to, to have, though. I think it's an important topic because Nolan, you pointed out some stuff that I I never really even thought about, you know. And and but I but I agree. It's a I think it's an issue with our communication right now. And we've we've talked a lot about communication in this generation on some of the other episodes. And this is just another level of it. I think where you know our communication just has become much more simplified and left open for interpretation and i would say i'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this you topic, know idea yeah. this topic of memes so find us on facebook find us on instagram twitter once our account's not suspended <laughs> and <laughs> we might story. create another one but um yeah, we'll, we'll post all that in the description so you can follow us and share all your memes and your thoughts. And we look forward to the dialogue continuing. Yes, it's been fun communicating with you, Nick. Final thing I will say is this idea came from a friend of mine who I will leave anonymous. Thanks, Ricky. Um, awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Ricky. Rick. Yeah, it's, it's been great. This has been a fun conversation, and I look forward to communicating with you with whatever form I decide. All right. Well, carrier pigeon is my preferred. <laughs> yes. All right. I, have, I like telegraphs. Have a fantastic rest of the month. We're in April still. Toodles. Bye.